talk to you today about video games mostly we have some other topics here too but uh first and foremost just uh stuff stuff i've been playing uh like i said i would try to do last week uh i did start playing sort of online fatal bullet again thankfully um (laughs) um, i've already beaten that game but i want to get the true ending still in it which requires you getting like certain relationship levels with all the other characters in the game um but i've been doing the dlc to to grind out that relationship stuff so there's like three different dlc packs that come into season pass and i think there's like an extra 20 dollar pack that might be separate i'm not really sure i haven't gone my way to buy it yet but it has like a whole new region and everything in it um but yeah the dlc's been fine the the storyline is pretty good it's basically just like these uh clones of you start popping up in the world and you have to go go fight them basically it's just a good reason to uh or a good excuse they have to to let you fight all the you know good characters in that game as enemies now um uh it's it's always the hard thing though with like the story stuff in Sora online is that that original series has that whole like crutch of oh if you die in the game you die in real life kind of thing but everything after that doesn't really have that level of uh, I guess stakes. So whenever they're like, "Oh, here's some drama about like people getting cloned," and then them being like, "They're gonna ruin their lives. If they clone if they clone these people, and and they're walking around, or like this city's gonna get destroyed." But I mean, it's all just a video game at the end of the day. So there's like no real, <laughs> no real drama that should be happening. But characters like take it deadly serious. I guess you have to though, to to keep that world intact in some way. <laughs> Um, uh, but occasionally they'll, they'll bring back the whole, oh, if you die in the game, you die in real life thing, but it's always just kind of like a weird shoe in to be like, we got to raise the stakes. Um, but it's been fun. I mean, the thing with Fatal Bullet is, is it's a very well-playing game. It's, I've said this millions of times before, um, it's made by Dimps who, who worked on Freedom Wars and you can definitely feel a little bit of that blood in there. Um, uh, but it's also a very different game. Um, uh, I did find out that they actually added in dungeons for online play at some point, or just maybe I could never find them before, but, but I was, uh, playing online because the leveling curve in that game's really weird and the levels, like, of enemies jump a bunch, so I eventually just went online and just grinded out a bunch of stuff with some people, which, hey, hot tip, if you ever need to level up in Fatal Bullet, just go online and join, like, somebody's room who is level 200 and you just get ran through, like, a, like a mission that's, like, twice your level and you get, like, five levels in a single mission run. It's great. Uh, but, but yeah, just, um, I forgot where I was going with that. But anyways, <laughs> it's been it's been fun. I've been enjoying playing it, and uh, oh, the dungeon, yeah, the dungeon run stuff. So I I still got to look at the actual like uh, multiplayer list of missions and see if there's more than just the one I did. And the one I did was level two hundred seventy five, which by the end of that game you're like level sixty. So level two hundred seventy five is a ways off. 
um, if you're actually trying to pursue that content. But I, I'm going to guess there's probably a lower level version of that dungeon at some point. But I'll, I'll, I just need to play some more or spend more time to the game. I think right now I'm just going to focus on getting the true ending and then getting the DLC or and then maybe buying that uh, extra $20 DLC or if uh, if I still need to do that. I think, I'm guessing it's not included in the season pass, but I'm not really sure. But I'm enjoying it. having a good time. Um... Uh, and that's, that's kind of it. I played some more alienation, um, and just basically beat the world two version of that. Uh, that's a, that's a great game. And I, I think what we're going to actually do is probably do a quick play stream after the stream on Thursday and I'll, I'll show off alienation. Cause there's some really great stuff about that game in terms of like how, how friendly it is to the player. It reminds me a lot of Mega Man 11 in some ways where it's just, um, there's a lot of it's it's a bit different because Mega Man 11 is more like player choice of what the difficulty is. This is more of like player choice in your loadout where where you can really just kind of wipe your entire loadout and start over for the most part if you really want to. The the exception being uh you know certain weapons and stuff, you have to get weapon drops. But the game is just super forgiving with every every aspect of rerolling stats on weapons, uh uh, changing your entire skill loadout. There's no cost to any of that stuff. You can just basically do it at any time. And, you know, if you're willing to sit down and just, you know, reallocate it, it takes like a few minutes. That game just has a ton of great quality of life features that I feel like every loot based video game <laughs> and, and leveling progression game probably should have as a like, oh, you're not screwing yourself over by investing a ton of, you know, time into leveling up a stat that may not matter. Uh, Fatal Bullet is a game that does that. <laughs> Although I think you can pay in-game money to reset your stats, but still, it's it's still a cost. Um, and and yeah, that's that's pretty much it so far. Didn't play any First Kiss Story this week, unfortunately, and I have not started Travis Strikes again yet. But I don't know when that's gonna happen. I want to beat some games before uh before I get into another game. Uh, at least be at least beat Fatal Bullet's DLC and get the true ending. I really want to also finish First Kiss Story before I start Travis Strikes again, but we'll see. We shall see. Um, in terms of video game news, uh, there's not a ton of information or ton of stuff out there I uh, wanted to talk about. Uh, basically, there was that announcement that Videl was in Dragon Ball Fighter Z. Fighters. There's, I think the Z is not pronounced at the end of Dragon Ball Fighters. It's just a Fighters and like, yeah replacing the s essentially um which actually is pretty exciting for for me i don't know if i'll ever play that game again but i actually wrote an article a while ago or maybe i didn't write an article about this no i wrote an article about something else with dragon ball fighter z but uh i did a podcast a while ago where i talked about how i think the most fascinating characters in the dragon ball z universe are all the human fighters who who at some point, just kind of get shoved out of the picture because there's such a low level of of, of skill. Uh, but I like the idea of like a human being, a human being able to like stand on their own, like Yamcha being able to like you know destroy these these you know super powered beings in, in Dragon Ball Fighter Z. I don't know. It's just like a really appealing thing to me. And so having Videl in the game, which you don't know if like Videl is like the son of or the daughter, sorry. Uh, this one dude called Mr. Satan, which is basically just like a wrestler in that series. Um, and she's just pretty much human. She she does have the the added benefit of uh, in this game, 
uh, Mr. Saiyan Man, which is basically just Gohan, uh, is helping her out in the fights for like the energy blasts and stuff like that. I would be interested to see if they could have made Videl work uh, without Mr. Say or with without Saiyan Man. Um, but I'm gonna guess the reason why he's there is because it would not work. Also, Mr. Saiyan Man is just kind of all right too. I like very. <laughs> I like very like normal characters in in a lot of like I'd say almost all stories and things like that. So whenever you put like a normalish character in a game um that is is not like the chosen one or the most the most amazing being ever. You're just kind of like a dude or a lady. I'm I'm always super into that. It's just like a weird story thing I always really attract to. <laughs> I don't know why. Um and that's really it for news. Um, I, I don't have a lot of stuff set aside that I was interested in uh, chatting too much about. But I, I did want to talk a little bit about um, some virtual idol stuff I saw out there. If you're not familiar, basically, or virtual YouTuber, I guess. They're also virtual idols, though. Um, if you're not familiar, there's like this, that whole scene on on youtube where basically you know somebody is hooked up to a rig and then they make like this virtual uh let's player or or i guess a virtual entertainer idol a virtual idol <laughs> um um and and they have their own youtube channels they just play games or or do other other stuff or have some other gimmicks um i think and I, if you've listened before, I touch on this whenever I, I find something interesting. I don't really follow virtual idols closely just because it's not really my my thing. I just think it's kind of a fascinating concept. Um, um, but I did see what was interesting was two English language virtual idols recently. Um, one being a much more popular one. Uh, the Spike Chunsoft has a set, which uh, I think is kind of interesting because... They announced a set with both a an English dub and a Japanese voice. Um, there's two separate videos, and I was kind of curious how they're gonna do this because if they're gonna like record it twice or if they're just gonna end up dubbing it. And I'm not. <laughs> I'm guessing they're they're just dubbing it because the. Uh, uh, the English uh, video is kind of off at times. <laughs> There's like this moment where she's like saying, oh, it's my big debut. And then and then she's like has this pose she does. And she like just awkwardly hangs there while doing the pose in the English version, not saying anything. Where in the Japanese version, she's saying something. But also the lip syncing in the Japanese version is just like really off. I'm not sure what's what's going on with that. Um, but it's, it is interesting to see them like try to produce this, uh, virtual idols, idols side by side in both a dub and a, and the original Japanese voices. I do feel like the people who would like that kind of stuff with virtual idols are probably in the same camp as like, you know, more niche JRPG kind of, uh, people where it's just like, Oh, you know, I would just rather have the Japanese voices, um, and so it's, it's, it's interesting to see them try to do both. I'll be curious to see how long that goes on. If eventually they'll just phase out the English, the English, uh, voice actor. Um, but yeah, we'll see. There's, I, there's no guarantee we'll even succeed and continue. I mean, there are so many virtual YouTubers these days. Um, it's, it's kind of crazy. <laughs> I think like every, every company seems to have one now. <laughs> and then like Ikatsu has one too. Like, so individual franchises are ending up with them. It's, it's, it's crazy how many there are uh i'll be curious to see see if there's ever like a a virtual idol purge or something where or a lot of them go away at some point uh, another one i thought was kind of interesting and this is actually not a japanese originated one it's a uh, uh piroko um which is basically a uh just like a dude uh like delivering anime news in it with a virtual idol uh uh 
skin on, which is kind of crazy that he's just like, <laughs> doesn't he doesn't do any like voice modifier stuff or anything like that. It's just like, hey, here's my dude voice. Just like I'm playing VR chat or something. <laughs> um, and so it's, it, it's, it's, it's just interesting to see, I guess, another market outside of Japan start start like trying to do more english focused virtual idols i mean this dude doing picoro i'm guessing is probably our piroko uh is probably just a dude on his own i'm gonna guess he's probably not like trying to make a a living out of this at the moment at least <laughs> um um but yeah it's 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 they're i would say piroko is worth looking at um if only because i think japanese or not japanese uh anime news and stuff is is actually like fairly weird like i don't know a lot of like anime writers or like anime people who cover anime via writing um outside of like just a handful of like bloggers and stuff maybe i'm just completely like ignorant of that field though i'm not sure i just feel like if i've I've been writing about video games for so long i would hear more about people who write about anime um but i feel like there's just not that many like sites out there that uh that cover a lot of that stuff um, but yeah, I, I may be completely wrong about that. I'm not a big anime person, despite like <laughs> mostly talking about anime games and things like that. I watch, I watch them once in a while. Um, but I mostly just, uh, not even, not even so much these days. I used to look at the like, uh, season list that would come out every, every season and just kind of skim through that, that stuff. But I don't even do that anymore. I guess I just wait until I see something that catches my eye and then I just basically check it out. So yeah, yeah. Virtual, virtual YouTubers. I do watch, um, I was saying earlier, I don't really watch a lot of virtual YouTubers and I do watch, um, inside, uh, inside games. I think those, the website's called the Japanese, uh, game news website that I, I follow and the, uh, the virtual YouTuber they have there is pretty entertaining. <laughs> uh, there's like a video this week where she's like trying to catch this snow bear and she's just like constantly screaming for them to like summon a bear. Like she's like, Kuma! over and over again um um i don't know it's just kind of silly i don't like sit down and watch the whole thing because they're like hour-long videos but it's just basically a bounce back between or bounce back and forth between her just talking and doing like little the jokey game stuff and playing games and then just doing more like traditional news coverage just like an hour-long stream that she just they just have set up uh every week so i like inside games from a, a news perspective i i do use them a lot uh, along with like four gamer, but I mean, I like them, but I say that not being able to read Japanese. I just like using their website, I guess more than anything. Um, and I guess that's about it. Um, I do have a lot more, uh, stuff to talk about at the end here, but actually, you know what? Let's be safe. Let's do a fortune cookie just to make sure we fill out some extra time here. Um, if you, if this is your first time listening to a fortune cookie, uh, basically, we, uh, I, I use my backloggery.com or backloggery.com and then pull a fortune cookie out of their little, little, uh, randomizer of your collection. And then just talk about a game from there. Uh, the first one I got though was Animal Crossing card pack for e-reader, <laughs> which I can't tell you anything about that. Although I think there's like a bunch of Game Boy Advance Animal Crossing games and it might be specifically the Japanese version of Animal Crossing. I'd have to sit down and look at that again. That I'd be really curious I, yeah, I feel like I've seen some sort of footage of like some little Animal Crossing mini games on GBA before using either the e-reader or the uh, the um, the uh, 
cards or uh, the uh, sorry the Game Boy to GameCube connector. I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's not card specific. Um, I just pulled Alienation, but we already talked about Alienation, so we're gonna pass on that. Oh, the Legend of Zelda. Uh, Legend, Legend of Zelda. <laughs> the Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time. Uh, the GameCube version, actually. I wonder. I wonder which disc this is. I'm gonna. I don't know which disc this is. It. It actually doesn't distinguish. I. I. I mean. I think like a lot of people, I have two versions of Ocarina of Time on the GameCube. I have the. Uh, the collector's uh, edition that came with. I think it came with GameCubes at some point, and then I think you could also buy it through Nintendo Power, possibly. And then I got the, or maybe you got it from renewing Nintendo Power. You would get uh, that that collector's edition. Um, and then also I have the the Ocarina of Time uh, dual pack with the Master Quest uh, uh, version on there that came with Wind Waker as a pre order bonus. I'm pretty sure it was given away in other ways as well. Um, and you could just buy them today, obviously. Ocarina of Time really kind of occupies a very similar space that, like, Resident Evil 4 does for me and things like that, where it's like, it was a game that was around at the time that I had a lot of free time to play games, and so I ended up just, like, playing it over and over again. I think I probably beat it at least five times and probably 100%ed it at least twice, um, which thinking about doing that today sounds like a nightmare. Half the time I came, like I've been wanting to 100% Skyward Sword for years and I'm just like, eh, and play through it on hero mode. But it's just like the, the time commitment to it, um, you know, I would be better served spending that time elsewhere with another game, unfortunately, um, just because I have such a huge backlog. <laughs> and, and honestly, I, I like all types of games. So there's just like a, a massive... Uh, set of genres I, I look to to explore but yeah I guess what do you what do you say about Ocarina of Time these days I mean I, I don't think anybody's like sitting there saying oh what what is there to to think about or explore I think speed running is probably the most fascinating thing about Ocarina of Time these days I will say there is a ton of like unused content that people have dug up out of Ocarina of Time if you haven't gone to the Ocarina of Time page for cutting room floor or the cutting room floor you should definitely do it there are people still digging stuff out of that game um I haven't checked it in probably about a year which probably means tonight i'm gonna go look at it and spend way too much time on that website um looking at zelda stuff again because it seems like that happens every year for me and it, it, it's fascinating it's fascinating to see what people pull out of that game um i think one one thing that i've always was kind of interested at the time um when i was still playing this game pretty intensely it was just the it was probably the first time i really started thinking about games when they're incomplete um uh i i there's a ton of even pretty early on the internet there was tons of information about uh you know the the debug quest i think is what people used to call it um or it's basically just like a, a bunch of you know people starting to dig into into the game and find things like find rooms that have like the ocarina pedestal on it which you know is in the final game it's just like an object and like that weird room with like a ton of jabu jabus loaded which crashes the game all the time um, I think it's one of the earliest games that I can think of where people really felt like they were digging into this game, trying to find, you know, pre-release content that was showing up in the screenshots. But maybe, maybe that's something that's always existed, and I, I, that's just the first time I I'd come across it. Um, um, and I think it really kind of made me want to explore that game 
uh, as far as I could. And, you know, after you've 100% of a game a couple times, you know, what, what more can you look for? And I started doing a lot of that cartridge tilting stuff with Ocarina of Time, where it's just like you tilt the cartridge and just weird stuff starts happening. Um, you just start going around and like signs, just have like a fishing fishing rod on the sign instead of actual text. And like you just end up in weird spaces as Link kind of like, you know, flips out and like starts crumbling into himself. Get a ton of different effects when like going between zones and stuff with the, with the cartridge tilting and... And you can kind of, you can kind of manipulate the environment a little bit, not a ton, like be able to, you know, tilt your way through. I think you can tilt your way through Mido at the start, but I mean, these days you don't need to do that. There's plenty of ways to get around. That's named Mido, the little kid that's like blocking you in Kakariko Village. No, Jesus, I'm getting my things wrong. Kokiri, Kokiri Forest, words. I am having a good time today. (laughs) Um, uh, it was probably the first time I really, really started noticing and exploring that stuff, and and uh, eventually, you know, there's a there's the unseen. Or I used to use Unseen sixty four as a, a resource for for looking at uh, a lot of that unused content, but the cutting room floor has really been like the best place in recent years. It feels like um, it's just a great community project. Um, you know, I I say that as somebody who built the Final Fantasy eleven, you know, cutting room four page. Um, that that it's just it's a little it's a little sad not to be able to like see how many people are interacting with that stuff. Like I put that cutting room floor page out for Final Fantasy eleven and it just kind of exists now. But I mean, it should probably just exist. <laughs> but sometimes I would like to know, like, oh, is anyone actually like looking for this um, or or things like that? Someday I will actually get back to doing Final Fantasy eleven cutting room floor stuff, but. Not today, not today. I don't know if that was an interesting thing to talk about with Ocarina of Time, but you know what Ocarina of Time is? Like, if you're listening to this podcast, I'm going to guess you have a very good, like, strong understanding of what that video game is. If you don't, I'd be curious to, like, know what the context is. I guess I guess some people would assume everyone's played Super Metroid, but I've never played Super Metroid. But I, I know what Super Metroid is, though. It's not like I'm sitting here like, oh, what's what what's what is Metroid? How does Metroid crawl? That's an old meme. Let's not talk about that. Let's not pull out memes from the Wii U era. Um, I know I talked a, a bit about Dragon Marked for Death uh, a little bit over the, the game of the year, or, or around the, the new year, I suppose. Uh, um, I'm, I'm going to be waiting to cover waiting to cover that game in any form because uh, the physical version got delayed till March 26th, and I'm just going to grab the physical version. And honestly, at this point, I doubt I'd start Dragon Marked for Death until maybe even after that physical release date. <laughs> Um, but I do really want to check it out. Uh, uh, you know, Bloodstained, Curse of the Moon really, really reinvigorated my feelings about Inti Create as a company and and their work. And I, I'm really curious to see what that game is. So so I'll be getting the physical version of that. So maybe around like April, we'll start talking about uh, Dragon Mark for Death more. Um, I finished wrapping up the Shaman King Master of Spirits script for the, the Shaman King video. So hopefully I'm going to go ahead and start... Uh, doing the audio for that soon and then start doing the video editing which is the hard part and then uh the gun gauge script is coming along uh i I know i said it was kind of a mess last week but i i I looked at it again this week and you know it's actually pretty good a lot better than i thought it was um i think i just was just had just come out of like salvaging that piece out of like being just a ton of notes and then putting it together and i was like oh look at this nightmare like frankenstein of an article but when i sat down and reread it after getting like you know a week off of looking at it um, I think I really got everything I wanted to say in that piece. So it's going to take a little bit of editing still for sure. But uh, but I think it won't be as hard as I think as I thought to to get it to its uh, final script so we can start making the video on that. Um, I think I mentioned it earlier, Alien, Alien Nation quick play stream 
coming up uh, on Thursday, and then it'll be the week after that. Show up there, and then uh, also on Thursday there will be uh, we'll be continuing the spy fiction stream. We started spy fiction last week, so if you're interested in spy fiction. I streamed it. I'm really bad at stealth games. <laughs> so so if you're going there expecting me to do well, uh, don't. I I mess up the first like hour of that game real bad. <laughs> um, um, but I'm getting I'm getting a hang of, of how that game plays. It's it's really cute. Like I like that you can take pick basically it's kinda like spy fiction is kinda like a mix of of like Metal Gear Solid and Hitman. You can like take pictures of people's clothes and like dress up as them. If you take pictures of them from behind, uh, you don't get to like take their their mask or you don't get to make like a mask out of their face um so you you basically just dress up as them and it just looks really cute i like it a lot <laughs> um and then tuesday i have the resident evil one shot demo going up on the website i just play a little bit of that um i will say in the video itself i mean it's just a stream um so it's not like anything refined in the video itself i i think i come off as being kind of indifferent to the game and to some extent i am a resident evil 2 one shot if i didn't if i didn't note that uh and some, to some extent i am but i think there's fascinating things about how they've reworked the enemy patterns or ai in that game resident evil 4 resident evil 5 and resident evil 6 all have very distinct enemy ai in a way that um that they were are distinct in terms of like they're all kind of bundled together and had this this very similar ai between those three games and you could find ways to really abuse that ai between all three games um Resident Evil 7 does not let you do that. They they completely reworked it, basically. <laughs> um, so I think it's fascinating from that perspective. I don't know if, we'll, if I'll end up playing it anytime soon. I think I'm more interested in retackling Resident Evil 7 at this point. Or if I were to play a new Resident Evil game, or new, quote, quote unquote new, a new Resident Evil game to me, it'd probably be Dead Aim on PS2. But I had to get a gun con for PlayStation 2 to do that. Uh, I did keep my CRT around, though, so we can do it. It just, it's just going to... Just gonna take some time and some commitment. I I have not like planned out any kind of gun con stuff at any point though, so don't expect that kind of content anytime soon. Um, quick correction on episode eighty-seven, I believe I said uh, you cannot play Join Mech Fight on the uh, Switch Online because it's not on the English store. Uh, but uh, Famicom Vink with uh, Famicom Dojo. Uh, also, Japan Retro Direct, if you've, if you've heard me talk about that before, where I basically import a lot of games from from him. Um, he actually told me that he he's tried it himself and was able to use his U.S. account to play Joy Mac Fight on the Japanese uh, Switch Online store. So I was actually, that's pretty exciting. So I might go ahead and try to do that. I do kind of wish they just put it on the American store just to make it, or not the American store per se, like whatever that app is called that they it launches into. It's like that one with like basically just, the Nintendo NES for Nintendo Switch Online app, I think, is what it's called. <laughs> um, um, uh, but yeah, I, I kind of wish they just like put it in there for the American one. But but I can't complain too much if you can play it. So I might go ahead and try to do that. I think I tried to set up a Switch Japanese account at one point to play some free to play brawler, and then never actually finished doing that. So I should probably go out of my way to try to do that again. We'll see someday, one day. And speaking of. Uh, uh, Famicom Vink, Vink. He's really just Vink, but I guess his like his like username is Famicom Vink. Um, uh, speaking of that, uh, he's going to be on the show next week, I believe. It, it seems very likely that that's probably going to be the case. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, increasing price of retro games in Japan 
it's not a topic I'm super knowledgeable about, but a, a handful of years ago, I definitely started hearing hearing rumblings about about how the the Japanese retro game market is or really has been changing uh, for 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 years. So we're gonna talk about that. Um, and so if you tune in next week, I hope you enjoy it. It's gonna be a little bit of a longer episode, probably um, about maybe gonna shoot for me like 40, 40 minutes or so. Um, and yeah, so I hope you you like that. That's gonna be it for this week. Thanks for coming. I feel like there's a lot to talk about, but I feel like it didn't fill that much time. I actually don't know what time we're at right now because I accidentally left the recording on while I went away somewhere for a second. <laughs> but yeah, we'll we'll see th- where things go. Uh, just a reminder that Team Innocent video is finally out. If you haven't watched it, this is probably the last time I'll mention it. So if you haven't, if you need to be reminded to go watch that Team Innocent video, now is the time. I actually was pretty pretty happy with how it turned out. Um, and just a quick note, like. <laughs> This this podcast is a very selfish endeavor for me. I mainly do it to keep me on track and make sure I keep up with like making sure I I'm playing games and writing about things like consistently. It makes me feel like I have a commitment to it. Recently, a good chunk of people have been listening. So, like thank you for your time. <laughs> I I I, I sometimes doubt the quality of this podcast, but I guess if you're enjoying it, it's all right enough for you at least. Um, um, but yeah, so so thanks for thanks for sticking around, and I hope uh, and hope you continue to listen. Um, and going forward, hopefully hopefully do some more. I feel like I want more segments and stuff for this show. But but yeah, again, thank you again for for listening. I, I can't thank you guys enough for for taking the time out of your day to to listen to this show. All right, that's going to do it for this week. Thanks for coming. Bye.